0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to We All to Talk About It. Now, in our last episode, The Dark Side, we covered a lot of different things. We covered how autism can be one of the most painful things to deal with on a daily basis, mentally and physically and emotionally, how it's changed me as a person over the years, um, the things that I've done that I shouldn't have done, unfortunately, and um, the mental side, how it affected me, but also um, just the constant, the constant struggles of not being able to understand social situations and the, the 12 years of therapy that I needed to get through daily basis. And But the most importantly, taking full responsibility for all the dramas that I caused for male and females over the years. It was never intentional, as I said very clearly. Now, on this episode... I did briefly mention in the last episode that um, Pembroke was very hard. And um, today's the the day that I've been very nervous to talk about. Um, This is going to be the Pembroke story. I've been ummy and iring for this for a few days. Also had a few people um, threaten legal action against me. Because of how serious some of these things have happened But here we go I'm going to uh, tell you guys the story as much as I can um, Without um, without putting people under the bus um, I'll be using different things and stuff like that But I'm a man of my word And I'm going to tell you what really happened So here we go This is going to probably be the toughest one I've done so far So I've Ended up going to Pembroke in year seven. I was a very awkward kid. This is when I was in full therapy. I couldn't handle Couldn't handle most people. The only thing I could do was play sport. And the one thing I couldn't certainly handle the females, I couldn't look at them, I couldn't talk to them, I couldn't do anything. I was just like absolutely useless. I just had no, no confidence. I just didn't even know how to talk to a female, let alone be around them. So, anyway, I'm in Mr. Wright's class at at Hill, in, in the House of Hill. And the bullying started pretty much straight away. I was so different. I remember I used to say things that would make no sense to anyone. And the only thing that I used to look forward to every day would be sporting training. And that could be footy, cricket, whatever it was or P.E. <laughs> it was the only time that I felt like I was, I, I had some relief mentally and physically and emotionally. By the time I went on to sports training, cricket or football, I was so excited for it, but I was so physically and mentally exhausted by the time I got there that I just could never perform. And um, I remember very vividly in year seven, we were at a cricket training. I was looking forward to it all day because I had such a hard week. I got bullied consistently by a bunch of people constantly just because I used to say things that wouldn't make any sense to anyone. I was just, I was so different. My, the way I used to speak, the way I used to say things, you know, I got called fat in year seven by a couple of girls and uh, that really rocked me. And that one that rocked my confidence for a very long time. And um, that was in Mr Fogg's class actually I got told that it was in year 7 And uh, long story short um I remember getting into training I picked up when I was going to be And I used to put so much pressure on myself Because it was like the only thing that used to make me happy Was playing sport But I always knew that I, I could never perform Because I was so tired always mentally and physically especially Because I would probably get Maybe two hours of sleep a night guys From an average night I would be tossing and turning around Be like dreading going to school Where I used to Do whatever I could to get out of school every day Because I just I was just dreading going to school every day And being worried about being bullied And Doing something to myself And It's about to the year 7 story I um, I remember Picking up the ball And it uh, went into the first Went into the first net And the coach goes away to me He's like Zane no you're not bowling In this net tonight And I said what? And he's like No you're bowling In the second net tonight You're not going to be playing And my heart just sank It was like And I just started Balling my eyes out And I bowled The best I probably had In that year in that, in that training session I was a man possessed I knocked everyone over consistently And I just wanted to go up to the coach And serve him But I was so physically and mentally exhausted By the end of it That I remember getting home And I just collapsed at home On my bed And my parents had no idea what happened And they saw me They ended up seeing me on my bed Just exhausted out cold And I remember the next morning waking up and I said to myself, "What happened?" And it was so hard to know that I was putting everything I had, without having any rest, no any recovery, any sleep, no nothing, and getting nothing for it at the time. And I remember seeing the board at school on Friday, and my name was in the second team. And I just lost it, I was so shattered. I was so upset and I didn't know how to handle it and I remember all the boys, the certain boys that day and they just gave me absolute hell and just called me name after name after name and said get the fuck over it, you're, uh, you're an Aspie, da, da 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 I used to get called Aspie all the time, German Aspie would be one of them actually, um, and I was a skinny little kid then, so they used to call me skinnier. You know, I used to be called skinny, I used to be called aspie, I used to be called ugly, I used to be called fat. You name it, I was named called everything. Under the sun, I used to be like completely controlled by these people. And we move in, you know. And by the end of year seven, you know, I did whatever I could to try and be irrelevant. I used to do some dumb shit. We move into year eight, nothing much really changes. I'm extremely, I struggle daily with everything, but I'm still a happy person when I'm playing sport. It was my only time to myself, but I put so much pressure on myself. I get to a, a game on a Saturday and I would have so I would be so nervous and so stressed out because I'm like, if I don't perform here, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get, I'm just gonna get the serving of a lifetime from everyone because of how much I take this seriously. And everyone would just, you know, labor along, labor a lot along, and I just suckled so much. And sometimes I remember getting onto the sporting fields, and I would have had maybe one hour sleep. I'd sometimes fall asleep in the middle of the pitch, like, like literally mid I've had that before, and falling asleep in, um, in the cricket field. And this would happen regularly, especially during year eight, and I remember it well. And I would just dread coming to school every single day. Um, life was really hard. Year seven was tough, but year eight is when it started to get really difficult. And that was the first year that I tried to commit suicide, and um, I tried other things as well to hurt myself. Um, through throwing, I went in front of a went in front of the um, the bowling machine, and I tried. And I turned it up as fast as I could, and I wanted to hurt myself because I thought I had to be tougher. I thought it had to be more brutal. And then we move into the end of year eight. And my body's like I look like and I've I have I've got no self-confidence this time. Um, mum would take me away so much during Pembroke days through especially through year eight, I go to like events all the time. My parents would take me to the grand final or grand prix or sporting events or go away consistently because they knew how much how much pure bulliness and pain I went through on a daily basis and I did everything I could sometimes I would humiliate myself so badly that I would just to stay relevant because I thought to myself if I didn't do any of these things that I would now be relevant and no one would ever want to talk to me ever again because I was known as the, the weird aspie and um, I was a very little skinny little kid too. So we get into year nine. In year nine, um, I'm starting to develop some form of skills. But things were still very hard for me. I still couldn't talk to a girl. Well, When I did, I embarrassed myself badly. And I got humiliated a couple of times at some parties by a couple of girls too, from different schools at the time. And I remember... Telling the boys at the time that I was fine, but I wasn't. I was so close to. I remember. I remember going to this party. In year nine, and um, I was. I went up to this girl, and um, I asked her to dance, and she just said, "No thanks. I'm not. You're not up to my standard." And um I've never been so down in my life. That was that was hard. And I remember going back to the boys and I just said, Oh yeah, no, she just wasn't interested. Which well, she wasn't, but the way she said it and I just got completely rejected. And this happened regularly. This is before I this is before I trained, before everything. And I had a little bit of weight on me at the time because I just I'd go home and I'd eat just to keep myself without, you know, doing something stupid. Mum would feed me a lot, and yes, I still played a lot of sport, but the amount of calories I was having was just I had a lot of puppy fat on me. And um, we were at this place, and I saw this like tree, and I saw like this little this branch, and I was trying to find myself something to make a hang. I haven't told anyone this, but there's at least three times I went to parties that I tried to find things to try and kill myself because I wanted to, I, the reason why I wanted to do it in public is because I wanted people to realise what if, how much pain and suffering they caused me, but I always had a voice in my head saying, stop, don't do this, or I tried and it just didn't work. By the end of year 9, I um, I remember being at school, we were in the middle of a summer our Tutoring or something. And we get out and my next set led, le- my lips. Le- my next lesson was geography. And I remember I don't know why, but I had a had a moment come over my head and I got out of the, um, went to the I decided to go to the toilet and um, I went to I was walking back and I saw this ledge and I thought to myself so I walked over the ledge but everyone could see it and I didn't realise that and um, I remember I was like to myself if I jump off this ledge I'll be free I'll be free of pain and suffering and hurt. Not going to bed every night crying like my eyes out, which is what I did for 12 fucking years. Um, Every day. You don't understand how much I've cried. It's fucking crazy. So when people hurt me these days, I try not to think about it, and I try and be as hard as I can. I try to be the hardest nut I can, but it's... It just brings back so many painful memories Whenever I get upset anymore Because I just these, Those memories of school haunt me To the day They probably in will to To the day I die And I remember And everyone was like In shock But I remember I remember the boys I used to hang out with They were all They all thought it was funny at the time Because they had no idea I had no idea What, it, what I was going through I knew But I didn't know What it really was I just thought I was born From another planet And that's how I feel guys Like When I'm Even today I still feel like I was born From another planet I don't believe Sometimes that I was Born from my parents Because we're so Everyone's so different I've never met Anyone like me Ever um, My thinkings Are so different There's so many things That I could th- That I think about On a daily basis That I cannot share Because I just I know that I get criticised So badly I really believe I'm from another planet. <laughs> I've, been, I've said that since I was a very young boy. I just don't have the superpowers of a superman. That's the only difference. I wish I did, because there's a lot of things I would do to change the world. Anyway. Um, anyway, we get on to the interview nine. And yeah, like I said, what happened is, and mum and dad are called in to school they weren't surprised because they knew that I was going through a hell in the back and it was just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and I, I did have a group of friends that I used to hang out with but I knew for a fact I was just their entertainment none of them really cared at that time um, they were just young boys and they were just I was so different to everyone and increasingly became clear that I was a, I was one of a bi, one of a million people that I was just like that one person in school that no one would understand and no one wanted to be around. And I remember I'd be like walking around school at recess or lunch, and I'd be around the whole group of guys and girls and just heaps of people, but I felt so alone. I felt so. Isolated, even if I had everyone sitting next to me because I felt like everyone just had to sit next to me because it was school. I felt like everything was pushed. I felt like no one really wanted to spend any time with me. And I'd go into lessons and I couldn't concentrate. I would struggle to look at the boards. Um, I'd have these suicidal thoughts daily, mentally, physically, emotionally, every single minute. I was not a happy child I got I was never happy I was never I was never satisfied I went through hell and back Um, Probably why I became a bit of a bully When I was the older Because I got bullied so badly That um Every day was just a struggle And It just became Monotonous I remember every morning waking up, especially from year eight onwards especially. um, Every day was just monotonous. I just knew that I was going to get bullied. I knew I was going to get hurt. I knew that every day was a struggle. I knew that I could never, I couldn't concentrate. I knew that I could never do the best of my ability. I know no one took me seriously. It just got worse and worse and worse. We move into year 10. And I'm starting to... You know, I just started to do weights because of the PE and things like that. And I started to feel a little bit better about myself. And I'm still this skinny little thing. And I remember going into middle school. We were in middle school at the time. And we would just have... You know, I would do things that were different. Like I came back with a Kevin Peterson haircut. Just to try and, you know, show that I'm still around... That I'm still here, that I'm not just an entity. Um, I used to throw the most crazy parties every year to try and make myself feel good. And I would always feel that shit because everyone would go off with people and I would have no one. I always felt like everything was pushed. I never felt like I was a real friend to any of these people. I always felt like they I pushed my friend, to be friends with these people because I just wanted to be noticed, I wanted to be happy, I wanted to be, I wanted to be, I wanted to be loved as a person outside of my own parents and family and I was so far in my development as a person that not many people could handle it and you know that, 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 that tumbled over into my sport I remember in Year Ten, I just could not concentrate um, at all. I remember, I think it's one game. I remember against Saints, and I remember walking onto the field, and I was about—I was walking into bat, sorry—and I remember looking down at the ground, and I was like, for a second, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to go, and then about one minute, about one second later, about two seconds later, sorry, I've—I dazed out. And my and I lost my own train of thought, and I was like almost unconscious, but I was pretty out out of the out of there when I was when I was um, on the field. And I remember getting into bat, and I'm like and I'm like punching over my bat, getting ready the face delivery, and I started falling asleep during the freaking ball. And I missed it by a country mile The first one Absolute country mile And I said to myself Wake up, wake up Second ball comes along I've got such a headache And such a daze in my head That I couldn't even see the bloody thing And I missed the next one by a mile And got bowled I'll stump out of the ground See you later And I remember walking off And I didn't even realise what happened I heard. I knew something had happened But It was so, I just was such in a different world, I didn't, I remember walking off and I was like, where am I, what am I doing, where, this is what's going on. I was in such a state of exhaustion and physical, emotional pain that I didn't even know what I was doing, sitting when I was on the cricket field. And that was the only time I ever felt like I could be myself and I, and all through my high school, I could never concentrate during, on the cricket field. And that was so disappointing, is that I was so concerned about what was going on at school, and about what people were thinking of me, that I could never concentrate when I got onto the field. Same with football. Same with football. And it just got worse and worse and worse. We move into high school, um... And I'm trying to learn how to talk to females by him, by them. And when I get into year ten, year eleven, sorry, it's the first time I've tried to talk to girls properly without sounding like an absolute fool. And I got you know, rejected constantly by the girls at Pembroke, and that gave me, that destroyed me throughout that year and I was doing everything I could to be a good person. I tried to be the nicest person in the world. I tried to be, tried everything to be a good person and I could never, it was like, it was never, it was never good enough. I felt like I was never good enough for anyone's attention. And um, I remember, you know, one certain gentleman, I won't name his name, but he used to invite me around to his house all the time. I always felt like he had to, I felt like he thought felt like he was obligated a lot of the time because there were plenty of times that I would have heard that he's had all the boys over and I wasn't invited. And that happened regularly. I remember one time um, in year 11, I thought, you know, I was supposed to catch up with my mates at the time and um, it was all canceled and I knew something was not right. So I got my mum to drive me to to my mate's house, sorry, and um, I, um, I just saw all these cars, all the boys' cars, out the front of my mate's house, and I could hear them playing cricket in the background, and. I said mum take me home And shit, I was in the home My bed I was in my room I got home And I was absolutely Balling my eyes out Because I thought These guys actually Were my friends And the constant plant Pranks and shit Used to happen to me Every day At school But I always thought They were just doing that For me to be a Part of the group You know I constantly find out I miss out on so many different things. I'd miss out on birthdays, I'd miss out on parties, I'd miss out on so many different things. And I got so much abuse and, you know, I was just, it caused so much pain for me. Um, The amount of abuse and pain I was caused at my schooling life, I I wouldn't put that on, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't put that on my worst enemy. (laughs) Um it's getting really, really difficult. So we're in the middle of year eleven and um, there's a group that I thought I was a part of Starts with the and it's with a square, so C squared, right? And I did everything I possibly could to be a part of this group. Because I felt like for the first time in my life That someone's actually going to accept me for who I am So I would have done anything I would have jumped off a cliff to get into that crew And then there was another crew I can't remember the name of it Um, And I did everything I possibly could I would do the dumbest shit I would throw things I would, you know I used to do Bulbasaur impersonations I used to do Pokemon impersonations I would do anything I possibly could to be irrelevant to be relevant and I used to you know I would anything anytime a girl said for me to do something I would do it and it could be the most embarrassing thing but you know it could be anything it could be you know say something stupid at school or say something stupid um, or park a car sideways or you know, do you know impersonations of people, impersonations of Pokemon, um, you name it. I did everything I possibly could to try and be relevant because I was like, you know what, I'm going to try everything I possibly can in Year Eleven to um, be relevant, and um, came to the point that uh, the abuse got so bad that I started being called Koala. Um, and I tried my best to tell people to stop it, but I was called Ziggy the Koala, and everyone knew me having grey hair at uh, fucking 17 years old, which I did, um, because the stress levels of me, I was so mentally, physically, emotionally exhausted every day that my body was just a shot every day, I never, I didn't have any energy, I remember I would take, I would drink, you know, I'd drink energy drinks, you know, just to keep going sometimes, and this is like when I'm a kid, for fuck's sakes, Um, and I used to do some really weird shit, you know, I would, I remember I wore, I wore sweatbands on my arms, because I wanted to stand out, because I wanted someone to notice me. And I just got... And I remember every day it would be in school, especially in year 11, year 12 especially, is that it was just a constant battle and there, there were always... I felt like there were always people were driving me. I was always getting hurt. I was always getting bullied. I was never taken seriously. I remember the sports coach, coaches never took me seriously. They thought I was just a strange weirdo. And then the second... F- then the real, and the real attempts for suicide start, um, the one that I, uh, where I almost, uh, I went onto a clear on the top of a grandstand, and, um, one of the boys saved me, So hard It wasn't funny um, And then the times that um, I just never I couldn't ever I could never realise how How bad it actually was But I was Suicidal every day guys Through my school life and I, and I tried it I tried it four or five times During my school life Properly And I got stopped every time moving to year 12 and um, I remember um, probably the biggest catalyst actually before moving into year 12 was when I had my school formal and I uh, couldn't find anyone to take and there was a rumor going around that Zane was going to be paying girls To go to formal with And that was not true I just, no one wanted to go with me I tried everyone, I tried So many different people And then had to get So embarrassing I had to get my mum To organise it for me Through, she's a lovely girl Um, I won't name her name Because I don't want to embarrass her Happily, she's happily engaged and married now Good luck to her um, I treated her like a rock star that night, and I, I don't regret it whatsoever because that's the type of person I am. Um, but I remember going to the Pembroke formal and looking at everyone and seeing them with their dates, and I'm just like, "What am I doing here? What am I doing here? I don't belong here." And then we start. That's when I remember i remember after that and i was like you know what fuck this i'm gonna uh i'm gonna start getting bigger and stronger and that's when i started spending all my lunch times in the gym i didn't know what i was doing i just i just had to be away from everyone because i just got sick of the bullying every day it just hurt me i was in so much pain every day every day and it would be constant jiving I'd still go to the parties in year 11 and year 12 And I would still And I would still be in pain I remember I would just like Sit with these guys And I'm just like We're at a party together And they've just abused The fuck out of me all week And all I want to do And all I want to do Is scream out and say Why did you treat me like this Why do you do this to me Why is this so funny To you guys Why do you guys laugh At my expenses so much move into senior year senior year was year 12 not much better I probably did more to get more attention actually but the only good thing that came into year 12 and there's only one thing that was great about year 12 that was um, my mate Will, Will Giles. he came into my life that's how I, m- I met him Um, at a party one day Um, and that was the best thing about my last year was meeting Will because he he's the one who taught me to be around females just in generalities like a lot of things he taught me taught me how to talk to him taught me how to all that stuff and I remember him taking me to the first, my first um, party outside school. It was like nothing to do with school, nothing to do with school affiliation. And I just, I, I he put me in non-comfortable situations for me to learn. And I remember I cried many, many times because I fucked up, but I got better and better and better. And I can't thank him enough. And one day I'll go through that story one day more, a bit more, But. That's the good thing about That was the best thing about year 12 for me We move into the middle of year 12 And I'm struggling I'm really struggling with school I'm really struggling with my sport I'm struggling to even stay straight That was when I first started thinking about drugs Massively I started I didn't want to do them But I knew I could do them I could go get them anywhere I wanted But I never did them But Thinking about weed and coke and shit like that, and ways that I could hurt myself and cut this pain away from me. And sometimes I was like to myself, "Should I just get myself bottles of alcohol and just drink the whole thing, so you know I could go out on a on a better note?" (laughs) It's amazing what you think when you're in such a bad day, a bad hole. Anyway, so we get into the middle of year 12 and things are starting to heat up and I'm schooling stuff like that um and that I could never never and I knew I could I was that I had lost my opportunities with my sport at school um never fulfilling my potential in any of those sports because I just could never concentrate I never could do anything without thinking it's you know, I can't, I don't know Just, I don't know how normal I know normal people can't function on a few hours sleep Let alone, there are weeks guys That I would probably get maybe 12 hours for a whole week If that ask my, You can ask my parents that's, that's, the, that's the truth And it's very sad but true We get into school this time And there's a rumour going around with the boys That they're, they're not going to take me I'm not going to be a part of schoolies and I've never been so upset (laughs) that was another that that next time I was I was beside myself Um, I remember running around the Oval and I just said to myself I'm like just put a fork in me I'm done Um, I got home and I wanted to I remember jumping in the pool at home and I tried to sit on the bottom of the floor, trying to think of ways how I could, you know, I was going to try and drown myself. And I never did, but I never told my parents this. I've never told anyone this. I tried to drown myself a couple of times in that pool. Um, and I used to do these things. I used to do secretly, try and come up with ways I could hurt myself without people knowing. Because I was just, I just wanted to hurt myself just to. Take away pain and suffering <laughs> And because the boys couldn't find A um, They couldn't find a uh, What's it called A, a Pembroke. They couldn't find a house um, They finally went with me Even though they, I felt like it was completely They had no choice so they went with me And that was a very hard time Schoolies was hell for me. I remember feeling like absolute shit, twenty-four-seven. I was hurt. I was in so much pain under all that they looked happy, but I was under so much, I was in so much pain, mentally, physically, and emotionally. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be anywhere. I just wanted to be. I didn't want to be on this planet at that time. I was just such an happy, unhappy person. I just couldn't. I couldn't concentrate on anything. And the time that I was so close to really taking my own life was the real, like, the closest was um, grand final day. Um, The whole school um, was sent out this Facebook event for this, um, for the football. And um, long story short, I was sent out the fake one. And I remember, I was so excited because it was at the Kenzie. Well, I thought it was at the Kenzie. I was dressed up in my full suit. And mum... And mum drops me off at the Kenzie. And I'm in my full kit. And there were three people in the bar. I remember calling one of the guys. And they all just started laughing. And just said, ha, 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 ha. And hung up on me That was the day that I <laughs> I got home And I went for a drive And I saw a huge tree And I was going about 120 in a 60 zone So I was intending to kill myself I had every intention to And because I'm such a scaredy cat I slowed down And I hit The side of this tree But really really slowly Because I was about 100 metres away Or about 1500 metres away And I really put the brakes on And I only I just hit the curb And I remember like I just sat down and started just Bawling my eyes out And um, That was the time that I decided, you know what, fuck this, I'm going to start training. So I started training properly, and I started organizing everything. I just said to myself that as soon as I leave school, I'm going to get into the gym, I'm going to train my ass off, I'm going to become a monster, and the next time they see me, they're going to be so scared, they'll just walk the other way, because otherwise I would have cracked their skulls in. And that's how I felt. I I wanted to scare the shit out of them and literally make them literally feel like, I wanted them to feel the pain and suffering I had. And it was such a big group of people. So the first time I saw them after I left school, I I wanted wanted it to be a couple of years and I wanted them to be petrified of me. I wanted them to feel the pain and suffering I had. And you know what's funny now, guys? Most of these people have actually apologised to me. And most of them I'm friends with now, which is amazing. It's, um, my story at Pembroke is, it's a very tough one, but hopefully that's giving you guys a bit of an insight to why I'm like I am. Um, but through the pain and suffering and also maybe the person I am today with the way I talk to people, the way I speak, the way I can handle myself, the amount of abuse and cop I've caused, I've, you know, I've, I mean, sorry, I've been, it's gone, come to me, is that it's just like most of the time water off a duck's back now because I've just felt, I've just dealt with so much of it. Anyone with autism or Asperger's is gonna go through hell, guys. It just depends on how many, how much people wanna help them and, and can help them. Thank you very much for uh, for, uh, tuning in. This has been one hell of a very painful episode to talk about. I might do a part two of this. We'll see. But uh, this was the toughest one so far. Um, If you guys have any questions or anything like that, you can DM me at Zane C. Schmidt on Instagram or Facebook. Have a wonderful night, and uh, I, hope, I hope everyone has uh, taken something from this, that uh, this is what autistic and Asperger people go through every single day.